Redefining podcasting. Hey kids, how the hell are you? Tonight we've got Valerie Safranco, artist, sculptor, painter, fabricator, fur layup, puppeteer, and 2D digital artist. And if you're a Tim Burton fan, stick with us, man. You will enjoy this, trust me. And until then, I'm going to play some Joe Satriani pumping from the Elephant of Mars record. Thank you to Peter Noble Promotions. Stick with us, folks. This is a lot of fun.
most afraid of the dark, but you should be. There are things that dwell here in the dark. Things best left unseen. With the initial smoke clear from the fall of tomorrow, the blood now flows even thicker with dwelling in the dark. Eleven stories. All bits of the same mysterious puzzle. Fitting together with horrific parallels to its predecessor. Get ready for new, truly terrifying tales set in the broken world from the fall of tomorrow. Take a closer look at what's now dwelling in the dark. If you dare. Available on Amazon in traditional print and ebook. Get your copy today. Visit www.fairlydarkproductions.com for more info on the author and his work. Hey everyone, it's Margarita from Edge of Paradise, and you're listening to Kettle Whistle Radio. All right. Folks, friends, and fiends, thanks for tuning in to Kettle Whistle Radio. Once again, I always say it's a special one. That's because I have special people with me all the time. And today I'm reconvening with Miss Heather Taddy is in the house and Captain Sexy himself, <laughs> Sean Felbush. But not just that. A very special guest is with us. She got on. But we have Valerie Safranco on the line right now, who is, um, I don't know how to introduce you other than, I'd say creature creator extraordinaire, but among so many other things. But we'll get into that. Valerie Safranco, thank you for being here. Sure, I'm happy to be here. How do we even begin with you from like uh, Lucasfilm all the way to Disney Productions? Uh, where do you want to begin with that? Well, I mean, I can tell you the story about how I got in the business, which was a lie. <laughs> so, I mean, good. it is a good story. It's a good story. Um, you know, just like then my foot in the door. I mean, I was like waitressing, you know, and I was an artist that had stuff in some galleries, but wasn't making money. And uh, my boyfriend at the time was a Beacons mover, and he moved George Lucas um, to San Rafael. So the office is there. They did. They called it Building A, B, C, D. It was a big secret. No one knew it was George Lucas, but my boyfriend was very cute. And the <laughs> girls there were flirty. And so they told him, don't tell anyone. This is Lucasfilm. So he told me. And I went like the next day with a car full of different art, like silk screen, soft sculpture, a painting, a mixed media drawing, just a little sample of everything. And um, totally live. And it was very chaotic. They were moving. So all kinds of people were in there. And the gal looked at me and said, well, what do you want? And I'm there. Well, I'm here with a bunch of my art for the, the art director. And she goes, what? And I'm going to have a bunch of art and I'm really in a big hurry, but there's a bunch of art in my car. I just want to get it out. And the art director wants to see it. Totally lying. <laughs> and she said, okay, okay. And then she said, put it in that corner. So I was going in and out, in and out, like a card in front of her with my name. And it just said artist, my name and a phone number. And about an hour and a half later, Lucasfilm called and hired me for a return that's how it started. You said that was so, from Return of the Jedi? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Star Wars Return of the Jedi. Awesome. Now you faded out. Yeah. So it was the soft sculpture that I guess 
it's odd because when I was leaving that office, the woman said, so Nilo wants to see this? And I'm there, yeah, Nilo, he wants to see this. I didn't know Nilo, never heard the name. So thank God Nilo saw it because he's a visionary and he was incredible. Um, but I got hired on these soft sculptures that looked very Liberace, futuristic. They were sparkly and mirrors were in them and pretty interesting things. So that's what happened. I started on that. And during Return of the Jedi, I was in the costuming department making three-dimensional costume accessories for Princess Leia, Lando, and the Stormtroopers. So anything that was that you saw and start in the uh, Return of the Jedi movie that was there and three-dimensional, like her corsets and their belts and their spats and their purses and that, I made them. Okay, so I, I have to interrupt because me and Sean looked at each other right now. Um, so you made the Leia costume? Not the cat. I made her corsets, <laughs> her belts. Like a corset would go from her breast to her tummy, and it was all rolled, rolled, rolled leather. Richard Miller uh, was a jeweler, and he became a friend of mine as well. But he made the, the famous cost, you know, the, of her in that bikini thing. Yeah, Richard one... Miller made that. So, you know, just so you know, I didn't do that. Okay. <laughs> no, you get credit. I mean, from every fanboy everywhere, you get credit. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I should. Yeah, you should. Um, but the cool thing is, Nilo actually became a friend, and he was very respectful of me and told me about Chris Wallace because they had to lay people off in the uh, wardrobe. And I didn't want to be in wardrobe. I wanted to be with creatures. You know, I wanted to be sculpting like Phil Tippett's world. Nice. So... It worked out that you know they didn't they weren't hiring at that time. But Nila told me about Chris Wallace, and Chris was in Novato, and I lived in Novato, so we were neighbors. This is Novato, California, and um, so I kind of apprenticed with him under a summer. We just sat and sculpted, uh, you know, whatever we wanted, and he got to know me that way, and and then he taught me how to mix all kinds of paints for uh, rubber cement based paints for latex and shram foam latex materials and he told me he says there's a big movie we're gonna be doing it. it's a spielberg movie he goes i want you on board so that's why i sat with him for a couple months in the summer in a hot summer getting paid nothing but establishing a relationship and learning a lot so we did gremlins that's what happened and it became a big hit and then after that everything sort of storm you know just sort of snowballed really? for me that's but gremlins awesome. was a big one because he knew my skill, my skills with fabric, you know, making three-dimensional things, fur, fabric, and all of that. So I was Gizmo's body maker, you know, as far as all the furring was me. Um, any detail on his face, putting his eyelids on his eyes. I was one of the main puppeteers for him and, and, the, and the gremlins. So that was the cool thing about gremlins. I got to do a lot of stuff. So I was on the set. That was probably the only woman there were five of us that were the main crew people down on the set and like with gizmo you'd have six operators on him because there were cables coming out of his head so i did his eyes normally in most of the scenes some people would do his ears some people you know blair would usually do the body and the head movement um so there's blinks there's snouts there's you know snarls and there's eyebrow movement all kinds of things going on so you have a lot of puppeteers happening but it was an incredibly fun freaking movie 
and we were dead all the time but but it was like our first big thing and it was a hit really something lots of stories well that's yeah what, what gets my attention too if you go to um valerie's facebook page it just says i make stuff i teach stuff do all kinds of stuff i even stuff stuff <laughs> that got that got my attention i thought heather would like that too it just it says well first of all how are you doing today how are you feeling today today i'm good i i did a workshop at elizabeth forward two days ago and they exhaust me it's four hours of sculpting and and it was it's foam and we're making big signs and it's a really wonderful thing but i couldn't even move yesterday i mean i'm old so you know you just lay down and yesterday was monster movie day and today's going to be monster movie night <laughs> hey um yeah and i have my glow in the dark Svengoli shirt on oh right. nice <laughs> huge fans what's the... i wear it every saturday <laughs> what was the movie yesterday and what's the movie today uh, well, Today's Werewolf in London. That's a good one. I didn't know that he had it on. Today's Saturday. I didn't know there's a Friday night spend. Um, I didn't know, Sean. Well, I thought she said there was a there was a monster movie. No, that's that... that's us. Oh, oh no, that's me. I watched like five she... monster movies yesterday. I love yeah. it. I love it. I would have I'm been more... one of my questions. What else did you watch? Oh my god, I can't remember. There's a. Kind of knew it was Hulu. My friend kind of hooked me up. Oh. Um, so it was on Hulu. Some, Borders was one, really creepy, weird. Uh, there's one with um, oh my god, there's some. You're asking, you know, I'm almost seventy. I don't remember. <laughs> all right, listen. All right. You look really good for your age. I just want to say, and when I met you that day, you came out. We'll just say you were a client of mine, and you were wearing the Jack Skellington hoodie. And I was just, hey, nice hoodie. You're like, I made him. I was like, what? And <laughs> yeah, right. And then the conversation continued. How it happens. That's Nobody gets, you know, around here they probably go, yeah, right, you made him in your head. No, I did. <laughs> I did make that. In your head, and he in wasn't your hands. Yeah. Um, at, at the time when you were working on Nightmare Before Christmas, like, did you ever think it would be, like, such a huge thing? Like, that's like a, it's considered, like, I would say, like, a cult film these days. Like, You could tell. Yeah, yeah, you could tell because, number one, Tim Burton. And, and then he came through the shop. Uh, we were working in, it was San Francisco. Oh God! What part? Oh God! I, I can't even remember. I, the Sunset District. I, it was down there. I, uh, it was called Skellington Productions. You could tell by the talent there. It was amazing talent. It was just amazing group of people, from the camera people to the animators that were so brilliant and so many good artists, you know, in the model shop. And I was in the fabrication, so I fabricated the puppets, painted them, and made all their little clothes and got them together and ready for shoot. But I don't do stop motion animation puppeteering. Okay. <clears throat> but it was very interesting. And you could see Tim Burton came in once. And he had an entourage of his goth girls. So they just kind of came through and went, oh, 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 oh that's good. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, you know, I have to say, he's pretty darn cool. In the end, he bought us the coolest jackets. Uh, everyone that was on that show, on the set, we got these really lovely black baseball jackets with the leather sleeves and the leather collar and it had you know picture of jack's head on it and it's so nice for disney gave us like a plastic toy book bag for a little kid that ripped if you put like anything in it <laughs> so it was like 
I like Tim Burton. <laughs> were there were there um, mementos or things that you kept from Gremlins or any of the other movies? Is it like a tradition for you to keep anything or? Well, you know, we weren't supposed to on Gremlins. So, uh, but I have, I actually have a head here. I was going to show you a Gremlin skull. I, I was able to cast two of them out of the original mold. They're gorgeous. Wow. You know, Chris uh, sculpted the maquette of the original Gremlin. And I'm, I'm telling you, it was something. It was really gorgeous, I thought, just beautifully. He's an incredible designer. Yeah, well, I don't have pictures of it. I have a head of, of uh, a Gremlin skull here. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Um, no, I don't have a picture of it. Uh, but not like I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. We're, that's okay. I'm old. Yeah. All right. So we say that you're a creature designer. That's putting it lightly. Uh, with Gizmo, Jack Skellington, um, Jeff Goldblum's body cast for The Fly, um, and Enemy Mine. I mean, you really go back some. I and mean, we're going back to the 80s with this stuff, too. And that's my heyday, too. Um, Jeff Goldblum, what was that like working with him in that body cast? Yeah, he was great. Jeff was a... a a sweetheart totally very 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 adorable man and it's interesting we're you know he's from here he's from pittsburgh mm -hmm. and we're the same age so there was a little bit of a connect you know he was like oh you're from, you, you you know i'm from greensburg which is like 30 miles away and he's like from Munhall or white hall one of these places around here and uh just very sweet he was hairless so when i was body casting him that's one actor, you know, you didn't have to worry about piling Vaseline all over, although we did put some <laughs> on him, but he was really smooth. And so it was underneath, I was body count, you know, he started fainting because he's very thin. We were in a small room. There wasn't much uh, ventilation. It was quite hot. Stefan and I were working on this together. I can't remember. There might've been other people feeding us bandages. I can't remember probably. Um, but I know that he started falling backwards. So Stefan holds, you know, leans up against a wall and he has his foot and his arms and hands holding Jeff's whole body cast so he doesn't fall over. Well, I hurry up and get the crotch because the crotch was so necessary for a suit. I make the suits. So I'm a suit builder. Um, so. <laughs> It was pretty, pretty crazy because uh, what happened was he's falling over. I'm underneath. Plaster's going in my hair, in my face, in my eyes. And the next thing you know, the next day I could barely walk. So it's okay, whatever. At least we got a good body cast. <laughs> Everything's done. But I had to leave the show wow. because uh, my back, uh -oh. the disc blew. My uh -oh. disc blew. So it was herniated and then it exploded. You did tell me so that. So there you go. Yeah. 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 It was sad, but... But, you know, it was really sweet. I mean, I know Chris was so kind about it. Um, he, he constantly had the crew come and visit me. They brought me movies. They'd bring me champagne. They'd bring me food. <laughs> you know, he always made sure. And honestly, he even had a couple people take me to physical therapy three times a week because I couldn't drive. Wow. I couldn't wow. sit. Jeez. Oh, wow, that's horrible. Yeah. I ended up having very, very major back surgery during uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. After I left that show, that's when I had major back surgery. So. Well, Jack Skellington is definitely popular in my house here. Um, I mean, honestly, kind of that, that's my wife and I's favorite, like, go-to film. Um, I wanted to ask you, what was that like seeing Jack on the big screen for the first time after working on him? Well, we saw the dailies every day. Okay. 
because um, we had to see what the puppets looked like. And if you could see, uh, you know, a theme on him, that was my responsibility. If, if the paint job wasn't great, that was my responsibility or his little suit or whatever. Everybody had their puppets that they worried about. Mine were Lock, Shock and Barrel and Jack. So Jack in every form, you know, Santa, all of those things. And then all those little crazy elves and things and the musicians and the crazy lady and, um, you know, the big fat lady in the theater. I made all those. Okay. But you have to understand, it's a team. It's the village that builds every puppet. So there's somebody building all the mechanics. And then somebody's doing the sculpting on that show. It seemed like Randy Dutra and another gal. I'm so sorry. I can't remember her name. Seemed to be doing most of the sculpting. I was a fabricator. So I would take the, the foam that was, you know, the positives that were casted. And I would cut them and hollow them out and fit them around the mechanics and make sure the mechanics wouldn't kink up or shram or the foam latex wouldn't get in the in the you know the joints or anything. It was very meticulous work, and you had to do everything. You couldn't see a seam; it had to be seamless, and then you had to paint it perfect, and then you had to make the little tiny clothes, which drove me nuts. <laughs> oh. just, I still, we had literally, I would sit like there and go just. This really is a nightmare. <laughs> but it looks so good. Amazing. Yeah. Good. Valerie, I wanted to ask you about um, arachnophobia. I think that movie actually gave me arachnophobia when I was a young person growing up. And um, what what parts of that did you work on? Well, I was uh, did all the furring and all the little latex um, legs and that. We had to... T- we made big rubber spiders and then we had to put them on mechanics. So I'm a fabricator. So I put all the stuff onto the mechanics. So it looks beautiful, seam everything, paint it, fire it, get it ready to shoot. Had a lot of cables coming out of it. The interesting thing was we worked with real spiders and our mechanical ones. Some of them were remote controlled and you got to give Jules Silvestri was the animal trainer. I worked with him before on Gremlins. He was the guy that had the dog, you know, ah, yeah. uh, a couple of dogs. And then we had him here on arachnophobia. And I mean, I was scared to death of tarantulas. And he let, he made one walk on me and I liked it. And it was like a little kitty cat. Ugh. And I'm going, oh my God, they're just like little kitty cats. <laughs> with fangs. <laughs> Very brave. Eggs, but they're very sweet and he showed us how to make them roar like rear their butt with we would squirt a little bit of air that you clean your computer with in a can and you'd shoot a little bit of air on them and that would make their rear go up so in some scenes that that's how we got that look huh. others were you know we're puppeteers puppeteering you know one little spider there might be four of us on it wow <laughs> and then there was big bob which is huge um, I was on the set for that pretty much most of the time. And um, just because of the spiders and fabricating and all that sort of thing. It, but what else was there? Uh, it was pretty cool. And then watching, you know, what it was interesting. You're sitting, when we were in LA like that, we were in a big, like, uh, kind of like a, just a big uh, shed inside the studio. Because they're so separated and we were using glues and things. So we were on the set, but off the set. You know what I mean? We're on there, but we're off to the side in a box, really working. So that's pretty much what it's always like. Um, but 
Yeah, arachnophobia was interesting. You know, it wasn't as fun as Gremlins where you're in scenes and we're getting beer thrown on us. I was the the female puppet in the poker uh, game who had her boyfriend and and then they got caught and one of them got shot. And they're a pretty famous uh, scene where my head is in it and my arm and Chris got angry. But there's a post, there's a big giant poster made out of it. So that's kind of cool. But my hair was in gremlins in my arm, up a, up a puppet. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> so like the phobia, not not a whole lot. Like we're gremlins, we were so much involved. It was an everyday thing, every day, and you're you're puppeteering. Where arachnophobia, you're always just in a corner, you know, with a little tiny spider, <laughs> um, <laughs> or the big thing. Um, I have to say that Steven Spielberg's an awfully nice guy. We were standing in his parking spot. And he came out. I, none of us even recognized him. He had like a baseball cap on backwards and, and you know, like a golf sweat. I don't know. He looked like a grip. And he goes, how are you guys? He was so nice. You know, it's it's surprising how kind and nice people like Steven is and even George Lucas. Very, very nice guys. Did they did they have golf girls with them when they came in, when you saw them? No. <laughs> I know. No. <laughs> They're just very laid back. You know, they, they seem very laid back. Uh, they don't dress up or, you know. Well, So you worked with, like, Danny Elfman, David Cronenberg, uh, Lucas Burton, Spielberg, all these heavy hitters. Like, who was your favorite, to like, when you met, anyway, even if it was briefly? Well, uh, you know, because I don't work directly with them. I'm just a, you know, I'm just a worker bee. Right. I'm nobody. I'm a worker bee. I'm not the design. I don't get the design. Some, you know, sometimes on background heads, like with an enemy mind, Chris lets us all, you get like a day to do a sculpture of a background track, you know, and if you don't do it in a day, then it doesn't go in the movie. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> I did some of those and that's, but he does the design and we copy. So I am a sculptor, like with loose suit on enemy mind. Um, Chris designs the suit. I sit there and I replicate it, but in big size, you know, so we take a body cast of Lou Gossett and I did his arms and I did his legs and I did his whole body. Chris sculpted the whole front uh, bib, which is really kind of really cool looking because he wanted to get that. I don't know. He, he does things where it's kind of, um, what do you call it? Scaly or, you know, a, uh, Dragonish. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I love that. Uh, Anime Mind is fantastic. I saw. I love um, uh, On your Facebook page, I saw the uh, the Drac model that you had. That the full scale is a, a, a picture of you from way back. Well, eighty four, right? Was that eighty four? I, I guess I kind of put that out of my mind. Oh man, I love that picture though. That was great. That's fanboy stuff. I love it. Well, you know, it's funny because he had to go to the bathroom a lot. So there are two <laughs> suits. The first design we did in Iceland, and that movie got canned. So it became an English movie. And we had to redesign everything and, and redo everything because uh, Wolfgang Peterson didn't want the same thing that Richard Longcrane had, you know. Hmm. So that design, the original, uh, was, I thought, prettier. And especially the makeup was gorgeous, but it's gone. So the second design we did, well, Chris obviously did it, but we, you know, fabric, I fabricated the suit. Uh, when Lou had the suit on, here's just a funny story. We were in the makeup trailer in Iceland and 
Lou comes in and he's taking his drag feet off. You know, I'm trying to take his feet off for him and he, we get out and then there's this big puddle coming out of his ankles and they're, oh my God, you're sweating so bad. And he's, no, I, I peed myself. <laughs> no way. <laughs> and he did. Sit. So the nice thing is uh, Valerie gets to clean them because I made the suit. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, so they go out to dinner and I get to clean the suit with rubbing alcohol and then sit there with a hair dryer all night and dry it. Wow. But, That's something you don't hear every day. <laughs> so in one of the, I don't know if you ever saw a picture where I'm actually sitting in my head's in his crotch because I'm always <laughs> gluing his crotch. Was that in the deleted scenes? I think. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see that. I was always gluing the crotch. He drank a lot of water. <laughs> so you had to incorporate a way for him to go to the bathroom in the design. Wow. So that I could release, you know, an edge of the front somewhere so that he could relieve himself. So, yeah, one interesting tidbit, I guess. Things we don't expect. I feel like you should write a book about all this because it's very interesting. You know what? If I wrote some stuff, nobody would ever talk to me again. Oh, come on. (laughs) We would. We would. We'll be here for you. Those are the best books. Yeah. I'd have to wait until I'm on my deathbed. (laughs) I really would because I don't want them to hate me. (laughs) Valerie, you worked on Naked Lunch based on the William S. Burroughs book. Um, that's such a artistic and strange film. I remember, we, you know, we when I was in college, and this is many years after the film was made, um, we used to have a party night on Saturdays, and then usually Sunday mornings we would watch, you know, um, somebody would go to the um, the the local um, uh, store to get movies, and then we would watch movies all morning, um, and that was one of the films that we watched. We'd always watch something very out there and artistic and you know strange and uh, wh- what parts of that movie did you work on naked lunch god i can't even remember everything there's that weird type um, typewriter creature thingy i did work on the typewriter i did <laughs> so, uh, i think the keys on that and then chris wanted me to write a message which i did but i won't say what it is um it was an inner joke <laughs> So that's another thing they make you do. Like if there's something with words or letters, like the typewriter, I had to somehow incorporate this really bad thing we said about someone. Oh, cool. <laughs> well, it was a joke, but it was some a crew member oh. that, on our team, on our team, of course. But, you know, I'm not going to say what it is. Um, yeah, I, I can't even remember. I think I did body casting, I know, on that. We had, who was in that? This wonderful uh, Canadian woman, Roy Scheider, what a doll. Oh, my God. Now, here's he's one of my story. favorites. Yes. Here's a story. I body casted him with Stepan, and we did a head cast of him. Well, uh, he got stuck in the alginate mold because cool. he was very, very hairy. We, we should have shaved him, but we didn't. So I slathered Vaseline on him and I, I, I knew we probably should have saran wrapped him, but you know, the, the, I was, you know, they said, use Vaseline, so I did. Um, so anyway, when we did it, he got stuck. Oh my God. Oh, I man. never in my life, I thought my father swore, man, I never heard words like that. He, <laughs> it it must've hurt really badly. <laughs> he was really encased in plaster, Whoa. you know, alginate and 
messed up. <coughs> we had to get little tiny mannequin scissors. Stefan handed me a pair and he would try to pull the cast a little bit and I would try and go up underneath and just, just cut. Oh, it's a nightmare. <laughs> I guess it's probably hard to visualize what I'm saying. No, actually you're doing very well. <laughs> <laughs> and then when we told, when we finally got the mold off, I mean, you can't even imagine what it looked like. But that was it. He wasn't going to go. And he was such a kind guy about it. You know, he couldn't help it. it, it the swearing and the sweat was pouring down his forehead because it hurt. And we were sweating profusely. And everyone's like, okay, you take a turn. You try and do it. Your hand's smaller. And it's like, who can get up there higher and higher? This poor guy. And, and in the end, he gave us all a hug. He was so, such a doll, honestly. I don't know anyone that could go through that much pain and still talk to us. <laughs> but he did. He was a real gem. A very kind man. So there you go. And we, yeah, we did a lot of body casting on that. And this other woman, we had to body cast her boobs because I think something opens up and they're a woman then in that movie. I didn't even see the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a strange movie. It's a strange movie. <laughs> oh, you guys see that one. I didn't even see it. <laughs> All I know is we had to body cast her breasts. And Stefan he hands me this tiny little pair of manicures. This is real tiny. And he looks at me and he's like, he's like clicking them. Like, and I'm looking at him like, what? And he, he goes, the nipples. The nipples. <laughs> so I had to cut the hair around her nipples. Oh, God. <laughs> Am I saying too much? I think I'm saying No. You're, you're, you're perfect. Oh, I don't know. I'm laughing. But, oh God. I'm sure you have many more stories for all these films. What one of my favorites on the list here is Back to the Future too, and especially I'm I'm thinking, did you have anything to do with the hoverboard? No, the only thing I did once in a while, uh, an art director Harley Jessup's from Lucasfilm would call me for doing a big giant background uh, painting. It was usually a you know, big fluffy clouds in the sky or a sunrise or sunset, something like that. So Back to the Future was just like a strange backdrop I did. It really it wasn't of anything other than atmosphere. So I wouldn't even know how to explain it, you know. It kind of, you know, I, I just don't even know how to explain it. That's the only thing I did for that. And, and with Ghostbusters, it was the same sort of thing. To the background, I... You know, I don't even remember the guy, the guy that comes out of the painting. Who is oh, he? Oh, yeah. Vigo. Vigo. Yeah. Well, I painted the background before he appears in that. Oh. So it was like a five foot by seven foot uh, painting that they had me in the middle of the studio at Lucasfilm and and, and, you know, like people are walking by grips, people are walking by and I'm sitting there with my little airbrush, you know, doing like what I can. And, and then two of my girlfriends come by, we were in the model shop. And I remember Margie looking at me, Margie McMahon, God bless her. She has passed away since one of my, my best friends really. And, uh, she, she walked back. she's, Oh, Val's in the hot seat. <laughs> it's like, thanks. I'm in the hot seat. That's probably one of my favorite parts in the film with the painting. Like I, I always that for like from being young, I always remember that part. Well, that's the only part I did. <laughs> hey, it's the <laughs> so one that good. matters. Yeah. <laughs> so that worked out. 
Yeah, I don't even know what else. You have to tell me what else. Well, I... there's not much more to talk about, really. I'm not that interested. That you say that you've said that to me too many times. Um, I do. I want to ask you, like, um, you said you were retired when I met you, and but what would be that astounding, like, unexpected call that you would get to pull you out of retirement? I don't think there is one. All right, good answer. <laughs> well, we have another question from a caller right now, and we do. <laughs> And who's calling you know what? I'm just so done. I'm so done. You're so done. And it's not the same anymore either. It's not like it used to be. And and that's what makes me sad. I ended up going into education then. You know, I came back here and I got a master's and I've been doing workshops and stuff and my art institute for a while until that ended. Got, you know, why that ended, but um well, we actually we have a fan that's calling in right now. Um, I have her on the line right now. She's going to ask you a quick question before we'll let you go, okay? Okay. All right. She is a big-time fan. Uh, we'll just – she'll introduce herself. Well, I – hi, I'm Denise. Hi, Denise. <laughs> hi. Uh, big fan of your work, Valerie. Um, Aw. <laughs> I'm a big Jack fan. Um, quick question. So when I – I was a kid, I originally wanted to – work in the Jim Henson studios. I wanted to be a puppeteer more than anything else from the first time I heard the Rainbow Connection. Um, I was wondering, what was your inspiration to get into that line of work? Well, I, I wasn't into the Muppets. Um, I It was an accident, really. I'm I'm just a sculptor. And, a, and I'm just a regular old artist that likes to sculpt and paint. Basically, that's it. And I've been that way since I've been five years old. So to me, I don't care where I work as long as I get to sculpt or paint. And it just doesn't matter. I've worked in museums where I just love that atmosphere and being there. It's just a little glacial pace and I'm a little faster moving. Um, and you get more money in movies than you do it in a museum. <laughs> so I, I, I only just looked for jobs. I mean, I tried to just do my own stuff. I was a soft for trying to push that when I lived in uh, San Francisco Bay Area. So I was in some galleries. I would do shows. Just wasn't making money. And I didn't want a waitress. And it was when my boyfriend, you know, walked into Lucasfilm and I found out about it. I'm there, well, heck, why don't I work for him? And I was blessed that they hired me. I literally got on my knees and sobbed when I got that phone call. Wow! Because I would too. I was yeah. I was desperate, and I and I it was just a, such a miracle. I called my family. They all lived back here, and then I just got hired by Lucas on my starting day, <laughs> and I was so happy. It didn't last a whole long time, but it it just kept going. You know, it just kept rolled into Chris and then it rolls into, you know, I would go back and forth with Chris's shop and sometimes I'd get Lucasfilm and then I'd go over back to Chris's shop. I can't really say the only inspiration was that I just wanted to sculpt and paint. I really didn't care what it was, but I happened to be a giant horror film freak. Always was, always will be. So to be making monster movies was, wow, that's the cherry on the cake. Well, that's yeah, awesome. Nice. Thank you well, for the thank question. You for uh, that question. Thank you for the question, Miss Denise. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Denise. And uh, Valerie, thank you for your time. We appreciate it. I'll see if these, if my cats here have any, any further questions for you. Uh, I'm very interested in knowing what um, the classes are like that you teach. Well, you know, <clears throat> I 
since I don't teach at the art, you know, I've changed. It's like January, I decided I'm retiring from working full time. I can't do it anymore. I don't want full time work. I love the interaction of especially high school kids. And Elizabeth Forward, I've been with them for seven years. So even though I worked full time for nine years at CMU, Entertainment Technology Center, I started giving workshops there at, at CMU just to keep my job to kind of keep my job more relevant. So I kept adding things. Okay, I'm going to do a makeup, a basic makeup, a special makeup effects workshop. Kids went nuts. They loved it. Then when I did the props workshops, they were realizing they could make props for their interactive games. So it was like, wow, this is working out well. The students loved it so much. I mean, I had to get four workshops because they were too big. I had to cut wow. them up. So I know I gave like the best workshops there, but you know, they let go of me over COVID because I am a physical artist and we weren't there. So for a year and a half, you know, none of us were in that building and I, I can understand why they let me go. Uh, and then I made a decision, you know, I make good money doing these workshops a lot more than I did working a nine to five job. So that's what I'm doing now. And I have a great relationship with Elizabeth Forward. And now I'm uh, creating one with Westinghouse Arts Academy in Womerding, which looks like a pretty cool school. I think they want to become another Kappa. So that's the kind of thing I'm doing now. I just kind of go into offering my services if they like it. It's like, hey, this is my rate. I'll do four hours and that's it. So pretty much if it, I think, you know, if you're young and you want to go to high school, <laughs> Or if something happens with the, um, there's a Pittsburgh art smith uh, place that was here near me up on Banksville. They're now in Carnegie and they offer classes. They called me a couple years ago about teaching. If I were to do so something there, I could let you know. Okay, yeah, because I'll have to show you pictures sometime of these costumes. I make like really wild Halloween costumes just out of like whatever I can find, mostly cardboard. But this past year, I made a sun-made raisin costume where I'm like actually in a box of raisins, and it was it was pretty funny. But yeah, I love it, making costumes. It gets a little personal too. I'll, I'll have Dave show you pictures. Is this, is this Heather? Yeah, this is Heather. Okay, well, we all have to get together. Uh, yeah, that would be great. Well, yeah, you were invited. Get together. Here. I'll come up there. You can Next time. Some 0, 0.0 Heineken beer. Because I don't drink alcohol. Oh, no problem. We can do that. We can do that. And, and and let's have let's do these costumes and have it and have a night. Yeah, that go. sounds we'll great. That sounds like fun. Hundred percent. Hey, thank you so much for doing this, Valerie Safranco, Everybody, uh, do you want people to come find you? Do you want to give out socials right now, or are you just laying low? I'm kind of laying low. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I have people sending me stuff to sign, and and I feel bad because I'm not real good about that sort of thing. Okay. So, Good you know, know, and then I've lost some people's, uh, don't send me stuff to sign. <laughs> I'll lose it. <laughs> well, no, you don't want to come here either. I'm kidding. But, um, hey, it was wonderful. David, thank you. You know, it was wonderful meeting you. I really enjoyed it. It was a real kick. 
this is fun. Anytime you want to do it again, I'm happy to. I, I'm not that it. Like I said, I'm really not that interesting. That's yes, you are. Oh, yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. I don't know about that, but anyway, um, thank you guys. <laughs> thank I you put makeup on for you and my son thing and <laughs> my grandma. That's okay. <laughs> Another time. <laughs> uh, well, we already know you're lovely. So yeah, next time you were invited to dinner here, by the way, but I didn't want to push it. That's okay. We'll, we'll do it another time, though, for yeah, sure. Yeah, that'd be great. All right. All right, my friend. Thank you so much. We'll be in touch. Okay. Take care, guys. See ya. Right, Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Sex, politics, art, and overall bad This is Society 13, redefining podcasting.
Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric hey, it's Tim from 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys, the comedy podcast you had no idea you needed. Join Ben, Jeff, and me as we continue our musical road trip back through the years and around the globe. See, just when you thought all white guys were like Joe Rogan, you come across three educators trying to remember when we were cool. 50 years of music with 50-year-old white guys. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.